You're listening to episode 35 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Hello, hello, lovely people. Welcome back. I'm very excited because today I am joined by the wonderful Kat Horrocks. Now, Kat is a women's life coach based in Manchester, and through her coaching and online content, she is all about empowering women to put themselves first and achieve their goals. She also hosts her weekly wonderful podcast, Put Yourself First, aptly named, where she shares her inspiring conversations with badass women, bringing expert advice to support her community, whatever it is that their goal might be. So welcome to the Curiosity Club, Kat. It's so nice to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So Kat and I actually, just after we arranged to do the interviews for the podcast, we by chance met at Soul Circus Festival, which was a lovely surprise. I think that was a few weeks ago now, but it was nice. So we've actually met in person before this virtual recording. Yeah, it's always nice to put a face to the name or the Instagram handle, as I always like to say. <laughs> yes, so yes, meeting IRL in real life, there's nothing quite like it, even though obviously it's so nice to be able to connect like we have via the internet and have these wonderful conversations. So let's start, if you tell the listeners a little bit more about your work, Kat, what your mission is, and what was your journey to becoming a women's life coach? Yeah, so hi everyone, I'm Kat and I am a women's life coach and I also host my own podcast which we've just recorded before this one so they'll both be up by the time you listen to this. Um, I am obsessed with empowering women. Um, my ethos and I always say the reason I get out of bed in the morning is to empower women to put themselves first and achieve their goals um, I've always had a huge passion for self-care. I've always been a huge girl's girl. I've always been that friend that friends turn to for advice or a shoulder to cry on or just someone to listen. And when I was in college for a few years, I was convinced that I was going to be a psychotherapist. So I was convinced that I was going to do all my medicine stuff like do a proper medical degree and then do psychotherapy um that never ended up happening which I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into more about like my background but yeah I've always had this tendency to want to open up and I love like a deep meaningful conversation I love a heart to heart and I genuinely love hearing other women's stories um as I said I'm a girl's girl like feminist through and through so to be able to do the work that I do now is incredible um in terms of how I actually got into it so my first business 
was um, bridal makeup. So I still have a few makeup clients now, but when I first started in the self-employed world, that was my focus and my trade. And as much as I love like makeup and beauty and products and all those kinds of things, um, about two years into it, I realized that the thing I loved the most about it was that one-on-one really intimate connection that I had with another woman and I'm sure many of you listening know if you get your hair done your nails done maybe your makeup done on a regular basis it is like a therapy session sometimes (laughs) it does feel like you know that person knows more about you than some of the people in your life (laughs) because there's some there's something about that like safe space created by two women you know I'm generalizing here most of the time it's two women um where it's just it feels safe to open up and to talk and I started to realize that that was my natural strength and what I was leaning towards the most Um, And that was the most fulfilling thing for me. So I knew all of this, but I didn't actually know what coaching was at the time or what a life coach was. All I knew that all I knew was that what I was currently doing wasn't a true fit. And I'm a big fan of listening to your gut. So I had this gut feeling that there was something more, there was something different there was a side step that I needed to make didn't have a clue what that was I was just committed to finding out so I ended up hiring a business coach um I thought it was a good point in my business to reinvest some money and see what came up so we spent a good few months just diving in to me my strengths what I was most passionate about, what I was good at, like what what I enjoyed about my current position, my current business, what I didn't, and essentially what I wanted for my life, um, which is a really big, scary thing to be talking about. But I think when you get really clear on that and when you get clear on where you want to be in five years, what you want your life to feel like, what you want your day-to-day work to look like, that was when things started falling into place and we started looking into the options of you know how you can build an incredible business online and connect with people all over the world and coaching was just one of those true full circle moments where I didn't go to uni like I wasn't quote-unquote clever enough to do science and medicine and you know go down that route um but coaching as different as it is to therapy and counseling it allowed me to do everything that I loved and to help other people so it just all fell into place I would say maybe six months into working with a coach myself and so I know the power of working with another person and digging into stuff because yeah, not a lot of us do it, and a lot of us are just kind of treading water and going along with going along with our everyday life. So when I was able to take that step back and to take stock of where I was at and where I wanted to go, coaching was just a complete aha 
uh, light bulb moment for me. And then that was it, really. That was the turning point. And it was like, well, I know I need to do this now, so there's no going back. <laughs> oh, I love it. I've, I've been sitting here nodding nodding along and grinning as you've... <laughs> you've been talking there that's why I loved so many things you've you've said and I, I can you know that going full circle I love it when that happens it's, I've done it many times and when you see that kind of revelation as I'm sure you do with your clients as well of oh it's this this thing that I'd kind of moved away from and then I've come all the way back to it and you have those light bulb moments there's no, nothing better in my opinion than those um I also love and completely relate to that you saying that you ha- you had that realization of what you enjoyed most when you were doing um, the makeup was that connection with women and that how when you ha- have those relationships with whether it's a hairdresser or with someone um, um, in that kind of the, the, that different type of therapeutic set- setting it's like those it's those DMCs those <laughs> those meaningful chats that. You are unlike anything else and I, I love that you realize that and then that's what kind of planted the seed of sparking um kind of turning that into something a little bit a little bit deeper and a little bit more um or taking it to the next level where you could really empower other women and, and do it intentionally whereas naturally that's what you were doing already because I know I, I whenever I have any whenever I go to the hair like the hairdressers say or things like massages or getting makeup done which I love I, I'm rubbish at doing it on other people but I am the first one to be the dummy if anyone ever wants to practice any <laughs> any makeup on because I, I've always claimed that anything like that is a form of meditation because you're so in the moment with the sensation of of you know it it happened whether it's makeup brush on your face or especially having something like a massage it causes you to be really present and the same as if it's conversational and and that's where it's um similar to the coaching relationship by being so present with yourself and whatever's coming up not only is that very healing but in a coaching setting the difference is it allows you to really dig beneath beneath the surface and uh, yeah I love that that's what you um you was was highlighted working when you started working working with a coach yourself and I think you're you're exactly right in that it's so important that's why working with other people coaches and bringing other people in is so valuable because that's when other people we need the perspective of other people sometimes to help sort of flick that switch and to to help flick the switch of that light bulb moment that you you explained having for yourself with um you mentioned um just before you said you were talking when you were talking about your background you and, and what you said um what happened at college and with the, the that kind of original dream of going into psychotherapy um and coming back to that a little bit so I was wondering if we could um do exactly that and tell us a little bit more about perhaps something there that didn't go to plan and what you learned <laughs> from it yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, so the psychotherapy, I know I said college, I feel like when you're an adult, you forget how young (laughs) you were when you had these like hopes and dreams for your life. Mm -hmm. So psychotherapy was something that I spoke a lot about in high school with my parents. So yeah, when I was in high school, that was like the longest stint of something that I was committed to thinking, you know, I, I wanted to do. Um, but I've always had like, English has always been my thing, my subject. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, I've only just like put two and two together. Um, 
my best friends were are um, a year older than me so they were actually in college doing their a-levels before I was and during the time that you're applying for colleges and you're choosing your subjects um and they were doing but they were both doing biology and psychology and they hated it and they were miserable and they used to tell me like they wanted to cry when they come out of an exam and they got a D and it it was just really tough so I think that just you know now looking back I think that really scared me off yeah um so that was that like and the well I say it's a shame like obviously people people need and want to have you know robust degrees when it comes to stuff like medicine um therapy you know really serious stuff but because I couldn't because at the time I wasn't confident enough to pursue science because that wasn't something that came naturally to me um that was kind of written off so I ended up at college doing English lit um English has always been like my number one subject I love reading I love writing um I've been blogging you know on and off like for personal as a hobby for years um so I ended up doing English at college and as everyone does like standard um you do your A-levels then you apply for uni you go to uni you're going to get a degree you're going to get a great job after you get your degree so I was in college and I just again had this really weird moment where I realized that I don't I didn't want to go to uni (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't want a normal job <laughs> so so I'm doing my A-levels I'm applying for uni I'm you know just acting like everything is okay and inside I have this feeling of like I think I want to be a makeup artist I don't think I want to go to uni um you know I'm clearly not going to be a psychotherapist I thought I might want to go into like journalism or something like that um but yeah, this makeup thing just came out of nowhere. So I had to follow my gut and I had to decide that I wasn't going to go down an academic path um, and that something different was made for me, which was really, really difficult. And we're gonna, I think we're going to get into that later because I know we were going to talk about um, like failures and hurdles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was how I ended up being self-employed um and when everyone else was going to uni I was going off to do my makeup training so in terms of you know the path that you think is set out for you in life (laughs) mine did like a complete 180 (laughs) and I think that in my personal experience and I see in other people as well it's when you make those really difficult decisions and you do those huge kind of directional shifts and change direction that is when you learn the most and that is when you end up doing something that is much more aligned with you and true to yourself and I um you know you often see in people the people who haven't done that and have just kind of followed that more linear trajectory through life it's later on further down the line when they're deeper into a, a career and it's harder to leave and it, those decisions to change make changes are even more challenging that that they have the realization so I think 
acknowledging the that something isn't right for you and making the those challenging decisions when when you first become aware of them however hard they might be is always so worthwhile because as it has done for you and the say it's a similar my my personal journey it takes you to where you want to go there's never and it's obviously not an end destination it's we might both of us do a 180 again and end up <laughs> doing something else but that is the fun I think of life it's enjoying that journey and changing direction and and knowing that n- not ever being certain of where you're going and it, finding the process and as long as you're open to learning about yourself and learning along the way that is the most important thing and I think that something that helps with kind of maintain staying on track for you whatever that might mean is having healthy boundaries which is something that I know you are very passionate about we share that passion um so I think that is something that I definitely want to talk to you about how how do you see do you see this coming up with your clients the a kind of lack of boundaries or them struggling to set set boundaries yes <laughs> um <laughs> yeah I could talk about this all day this is a huge passion of mine and it's a daily practice and a daily discipline for me um something that I'm really passionate about as well is practicing what I preach and walking my talk so as I always say to my clients like I don't think you realize how much this work is transformative like this journey that we're going on together is transformative for me as well because it keeps me in check and it keeps me um, working with integrity. So boundaries are some like it's not something that you're just gonna, you know, be great at overnight. Um, and I think as well in the context of my work as women, I do find that generalising here, um, we are natural people pleasers because we have that nurturing tendency and if you know we're gonna get primal and go back to the days where we would have lived in caves and we would have had you know a man look after us and go and hunt a boar and bring it back for us to eat like we have that instinct to be to be loved to be accepted and to not be abandoned so we find it really difficult to set boundaries and to say no especially if that's you know to someone we love or to someone that we want to be accepted by we want we don't want to be rejected we don't want to be seen as difficult or a bitch or whatever other stories you're telling yourself in your head so I think first of all it's natural to struggle to set healthy boundaries um in terms of the importance I think unless you are going to put yourself first unless you are going to prioritize and by prioritize I mean prioritizing what is most important to you in life what your goals are what your values are what's most important to you if you're not going to make time for those things then no one else is going to come come along and make the time for you um and that's a real sort of realization that i think a lot of us have to have to make and have to put together 
because, and we spoke about this on our podcast, um, if you're not living your best life or at least, you know, striving to do that, then you're not going to be able to show up for other people in the way that you want to. So by, you know, not setting healthy boundaries because we have this fear of acceptance or this need to be approved of or this need to be liked, you're actually, that's actually counterproductive to having healthy relationships. So the weird thing about boundaries is setting a boundary in place is actually a catalyst to create healthier dynamics and more positive you know in most cases more like stronger connected relationships and that might mean having more time for yourself so that you can be a calmer positive you know more understanding person it might mean setting some boundaries in place with work or with your business so that you can spend time with your loved ones and not have to work overtime or not have to be all in your head with work and emails and other things going on when you're at home and you should be you know being present and enjoying that time so boundaries are so important and if you want we can get into some like practical tips on how I actually do that yeah absolutely definitely going to be my next question I love how you've just described that as that boundaries are the catalyst to healthier dynamics and stronger connections I think it's such a good way of of putting it and I think what before we get onto some sort of practical tips which I'm very much looking forward to here what would be if people are listening to this and perhaps are unaware that they're they could do with setting themselves some boundaries what perhaps are kind of symptoms or telltale signs that people can look out for that are um that that kind of signal you could do with setting some boundaries and then if you could then go on to the practical tips of, of how they could go about doing that hmm, that is a really good question and one I don't, I don't think anyone has asked that before um <clears throat> I think when it comes to boundaries or when it comes to realizing that a boundary needs to be put in place I do think a lot of the time it comes down to how you feel about that situation or about that dynamic Mm -hmm. so I'm sure a lot of us have had a situation in life where we come away feeling like (laughs) like we've been taken advantage of like that other person is getting more out of that than us or even just that the current setup of that situation and it could be your working hours it could be the lack of a healthy self-care routine in your life whatever it is if you know that situation or that dynamic is making you feel crap then that is a really good sign that boundaries are out of place um I also think that the funny thing with boundaries is we really train people to to expect certain things from us or to treat us in a certain way so if you do feel like someone in your life is you know expecting a lot from you or is taking advantage of you in some way if you feel like you're 
they're getting more out of a situation than you are or you feel like any sense of resentment or disappointment towards that again that is a huge sign that we need to take responsibility for that situation and to take responsibility for the fact that there isn't a healthy boundary in place and we need to set one does that make sense oh absolutely I think you've you've absolutely hit the nail on the head I think you've described that really well because I I know that personally and I see it in, in clients as well I think it's something you don't really think about it's quite until I got into coaching you kind of hadn't thought about the term healthy boundaries it's not something that's in lots of people's kind of common lingo and you kind of talk about it you might in not in slightly different language so I think it's really important to to allow people to see the see the signs within themselves and the emotions that you said is already um is a really good way of doing that and I love that you said little things like that take things that take our energy whether that's at work whether it's other people it's a sure sign if we're kind of giving it away to other people and we're not okay with that and it's causing us distress in some sort of way that is a sure sign then that we we need to put in perhaps these guidelines and now I'm very keen to hear you follow that up with then how can we start doing this what are the practical things that we can put into our daily lives whether that's personal lives workplace whatever it is to create these um, guidelines for ourselves because I I know I don't know about you but in clients I see it often it's that we need to set boundaries for ourselves as well as other people absolutely um so the first thing that I think is so important to do before we start working on boundaries is accepting responsibility so I've already touched on this um and it's something that you know we're all we all will continue to struggle with because we all have an ego we all have some sort of resistance when it comes to calling ourselves out but if you are in a situation where you feel taken advantage of or you feel like you're you're doing this thing and you can't find time for this thing and you're struggling to be present at home whatever it might be I think the hardest but most powerful thing you can do is realize what you have done in that situation to make that a reality so maybe you might have said yes to that person every time they ask for something in the past or maybe you've never actually told anyone what you want so they've just assumed that everything was fine and you were okay with that situation maybe you've never asked for help maybe you've never prioritized your own well-being so of course you've not been able to make time for it in your schedule and work or family commitments or other things have taken priority so I think the more we can accept responsibility for the situation and accept it as as it is that's a much more empowered place to be able to take action and make change from rather than getting ourselves into this negative spiral of resentment which you know we've, we've all been there it's absolutely fine like don't beat yourself up if you've had these thoughts but oh I wish that person wouldn't take advantage of me or I wish 
they just understood that I want to spend more time with my kids. Like if you've not communicated that and made, taken steps to set boundaries in place around that, then, you know, no one's a mind reader. (laughs) So that's the first and really important tip. The second thing is whatever the situation is, I think you need to get really clear on what boundary is going to work for you. So this is going to look different depending on whether this is a work thing, a personal thing. But if you're not clear on what you will and will not stand for, then you're not going to be able to practically apply that and to, you know, be able to communicate that to someone else. So let's use the example of your mother-in-law. I'm sure (laughs) a lot of people will relate. So let's say in this example, your mother-in-law continues to invite herself around without letting you know. So she might just turn up at the door unannounced she might turn up when you know that you need to head out. Maybe she knows you work from home and she just comes around anyway. So in this example, you might think, okay, taking responsibility for this, I have never actually said to her, oh, please, can you not come around without letting me know? (laughs) But also you might think that that is a good, healthy, clear boundary that is simple and easy for you to to communicate So you might think that you're happy for her to come round, but for you, you need to know when she's on her way or you need to know in advance. So once you know and you're clear that that is going to be a better outcome for you and you're not going to have these feelings of resentment or let that take, you know, take over your day or let that ruin your day in some cases, you're then able to move on and actually set that in place so the third thing is communicating (laughs) which is probably the hardest bit because if you've got yourself into a dynamic where you've not set a boundary in place then it's going to be you know you might feel awkward you might feel like you're going to offend someone if you are a people pleaser you're probably scared that they're going to think you're a bitch and never want to talk to you again but (laughs) the fact of the matter is people you know nine times out of ten are really understanding and will actually respect you more for being honest and being upfront I think there's a way to do it in a really positive um respectful way that takes the other person into account So the way I like to communicate boundaries is start with, you know, gratitude and with a positive mindset. So if you're going into a meeting at work or if you're sitting down with a family member, whatever it is, I think leading with positivity and leading with gratitude is always key. Because if you're setting up a conversation to be positive, then that person is already in a in a position where they're able to take on whatever you're going to say if you go into a situation and think oh I'm setting a healthy boundary and you go oh I just wish you wouldn't do that then that person is already going to be on on the back foot and on the defense 
So if you could, you know, sit down in a positive environment, maybe in this case, like she's come round, like you've made a cup of tea, you're sitting down together and you just say, you know, I'm really grateful that I'm really grateful that you want to come around and you want to spend time with me. Um, it's really important for me that during the day I am focused on my work and I often have to run out for different things or I've got a meeting here and there. You know, it can just be really crazy. So I love that you want to come around. I would just, it would be really great if in future you could just text me or give me a call um, and give me a rough time that you're going to be here because then you know I can make sure that I've done my work I can make sure I've not got a call booked in and I can make sure that I have time to sit down with you and catch up how does that sound <laughs> yeah brilliant. I love it and I think and they're also interconnected in the sense of that first step which are that so many people get stuck on is it's that accepting responsibility because until you do that until you're like okay well what is my part in this you're stuck in victim mode and that's something yeah you, that we all we all have fallen into at some point and but you can become stuck there and you can't make any changes until you empower yourself and it's not you know when people call it blaming yourself well, that's something completely different that's you're not giving yourself the power but by accepting responsibility as you put it that is a very empowering thing because then you are in control. You're not giving your power away to other people anymore by blaming them because ultimately we can't change anyone else's actions. So I love that, that you've got to accept the responsibility. Okay, well, what is my part in this? And because I, so often they're not, and, and um, you said that on the, in the next point of getting clear on the boundaries and articulating them to people, we presume, and we've all done this as well, that people can read our minds. And we aren't mind readers. And so often the reason why we people are continuing or behaving or doing something in a certain way is because we've never actually communicated clearly to them or explicitly what it is we need or want from them. And I think that's, exactly. yeah, I, so many people. And I think, I love your mother-in-law example. I think that's. <laughs> that is uh, not a real life example. I was going to say, is it a person? I love my mother-in-law. Well, technically not my mother-in-law yet but I love my yeah. partner's mother <laughs> as well I think you can you can it can be someone you really really love but you still need them to tell you when they're coming around you can have having boundaries or guidelines for people isn't it, it doesn't mean that they are you don't want them to do something or that any less it's just that for your own well-being sanity and for theirs because often if you know if they if they show up unannounced they might you might then be in a bad mood or it might be bad timing so you have to turn them away and it's a wasted journey and all of the things so it's it's a two-way healthy boundaries beneficial for everyone involved isn't it exactly because then when she does come round, you're not going to feel that resentment you're going to feel good because you knew she was coming round. you've structured your working day around that and then you can actually sit down with her and catch up and be positive about it and not have this thought in your head of like oh why I wish she'd just let me know absolutely I think yeah there's it's you're so right it's so beneficial I think all forms of relationships be that a working relationship be that a romantic relationship with partners where I think 
these these boundaries are very important as well as not presuming that the other person is a mind reader which often <laughs> comes up in uh, romantic relationships um it is yeah it's so important to, to in order to to build healthy connections and and empowered and long-term connections with with other people and yourself so no thank you for those that i really those are really great and i know that they're going to be really useful to everyone listening so speaking of mother-in-laws and that that it not being a real life experience so something that you have done which is a big milestone recently is you and your partner have bought a house you've obviously of course got your wonderful podcast your blog all alongside your coaching business and how do you find managing to maintain this balance between all these different areas of your life? <laughs> it's um, It's been a lot. It has been a lot. I think the key to balance is accepting that balance doesn't truly ever exist. I think the thing with work-life balance and balancing different responsibilities in life is it's not that you're ever going to be perfect it's that every single day it's a daily practice to work to address that balance and make sure that everything is good so you know that there are going to be times where one thing is going to take priority over the other but then hopefully they'll reach a point where you can take a step back from that and redress that balance so for me this year um it has been tough it has been a lot to deal with it has been stressful I think accepting that this is just this has just been a full-on year and it's going to be out of balance (laughs) has in a way allowed me to accept it and just go with it I also love this notion of seasons and seasons in your life and seasons in your business I don't know if you're familiar with that but when I worked with my business coach which was Jen Carrington who is amazing by the way um she talks a lot about this so whether you call it a period in your life or a season there are going to be times where you know you you need to give all your attention to something And that's going to take attention away from another area. So it's been the house for us this year. So I know, well, I knew at the start of the year that certain things were going to fall off track because of the fact that I had this extra, you know, plate to spin, if you would say. So, you know, maybe my business hasn't grown as much as I would have wanted this year, or maybe... I've not been to the gym as many times as I would have wanted this year or whatever it is. I think accepting that when you're busy and when you have a lot of responsibilities, you're not going to be perfect. And, you know, certain things just aren't going to get done. Um, That's been a real key for me in terms of accepting the situation and not letting it get too on top of me. I'm also a big fan and I talk about this with clients who are you know continually just incredibly busy women who you know have kids full-time jobs they might be trying to build a business we're all busy 
And there are always going to be periods of life where we have to just get our head down and we're going through a season of, you know, hustle, as I like to say. But the key to getting through those periods for me is your non-negotiables. So I have, you know, a running list of things in my head that are non-negotiable for me in order to be able to function and to be able to get out of bed in the morning and, you know, go to work and then try and buy a house and then be, you know, spend time with family and then get to the gym and all these other things. So I have my key self-care non-negotiables and they're really basic things like making sure I've had enough sleep, um, making sure that no matter how busy I am, I have one day off a week So even if I have to work on a Saturday, I know that my Sunday is going to be off. Um, It might be something like, no matter how busy I am during my work day, I always make sure that I stop and have a proper lunch break. I think we tend to neglect the basics first when we're juggling lots of different things. But often they're the things that if we can just make sure we're getting those right and ticking those off, it just makes our lives a lot easier to be able to go through those times where life is just crazy and there's like five million different things that we need to be doing. Is Definitely. that helpful? Oh, so helpful. And it's funny enough, you should mention the seasons of life and business because actually the, what will be the podcast just before, um, your, the week before uh, this one releases is about all talking about the seasonal shift of autumn and how that reflects within us and, and shows up in different areas of our lives and how useful it can be to start seeing it like that. So I love that that you used that as an example because I could not agree more. And, and I think striving for that perfect balance in life is always going to set yourself up for a downfall. I think it, accepting, as you mentioned there, that it's a in constant flux it doesn't that you might for a fleeting moment whether it be an hour maybe it's a day maybe if you're lucky it's a week where everything's in that kind of perfect flow and state of balance and then it will swing back around the other way and it will go from one you know to the other and it's it's all just about trying to maintain as close to that central point as you can and I think that's the best that we can do is is knowing what works for us having those non-negotiables as you said and often it is those the basic things sleep taking a break all of that and, and the boundaries that we need to in order that we enforce that for ourselves and that the people in our lives um are aware and respect those is having those that can just help us stay as close to that 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 um kind of midline balancing center for each of us because it's a different point but um obviously we're all, we're all slightly different with that that's that's all that we can ever ever really do and it's remaining flexible as you've just said in in that and having that foresight and awareness to accept that sometimes you know you're not you're you're going to have to let things slide and and things will won't be going as well because perhaps you've put your energy um into something else such as buying a house which is a big big milestone so yeah thank you for that so uh, now I would, oh, I'm going to move on to, and now I said to you, we we're going to discuss this. Your, what have been your three biggest failures in big inverted commas or hurdles that you've faced within your personal or professional life? And what did you learn from them? Yes. So 
this is the one thing that I didn't prep for, which is kind of like <laughs> scrambling to think of stuff. Um, I think a huge one that really stands out for me is not going to university. So if you went to uni or you didn't, um, I think a lot of people will relate to this. It kind of feels like when you're in college, or at least, you know, our generation, if you're a millennial or older there's almost this like promise like this promised land of being a graduate where if you get this degree then you're magically going to get this amazing job and like your life is going to be great and I had been told that from literally school age you know reception up until I was in college doing my A-levels and applying for these unis and I had always wanted that so when I had this really weird moment where I I just thought, I don't know whether this is for me. I think I think I want to work myself. I don't think I want a nine to five. Um, and at the time, like, I think I want to be a makeup artist. I really love this and I really want to do something creative. And that being a complete 180 for me. Um, that was really, really scary because I had to come to terms with the fact that I was essentially rejecting um, what what I'd known for my whole life. So I I've truly believed in my soul that going to uni and going down this path that was set out for me as from being a young child was like the path to success. And my family are all very academic so it was really quite traumatic to to have to to have to own up. I felt like I was owning up to this, you know, se- dark secret that I had that I didn't want to go see uni and I didn't want to do a degree and I didn't want to be a journalist and I didn't want to be an academic. I actually wanted to work for myself and be creative and have that element of flexibility and um like freedom in my life if really that was the main driver for me so yeah when the I remember the day that I actually sat down with my parents and said that um that was one of the hardest things I've ever done but a lot of the stuff that I talk about now with clients is all around instincts and gut feeling and I think that was like my ultimate training in listening to your gut feeling because every single person in my life was telling me to go right and I wanted to go left (laughs) and it would have been a lot easier and a lot more comfortable to just carry on and go to uni and get a degree and my dad even said like he was like why why can't you just go to uni anyway like you can be a makeup artist after you've gone (laughs) after you've gone to uni and after you've done your degree and I was just like no like everything everything inside me was saying no um so I think that was a huge lesson in listening to your gut and mm, trusting your gut um Absolutely, and good for you for doing it at, at that age. It took it was, wasn't until well into my twenties that I relearned how to t- 
to actually listen to my gut instinct, which had been screaming at me for many years. With and I'd been like, Shh, no, I'm going to do this. And funny enough, one of my, you know, when I asked myself this question, one of my biggest failures that I've learned the most from would be going to uni and doing the, and not dropping out of uni and my yeah. uh, my experience there so it's interesting that it's kind of the flip side and how at the time I couldn't I, I didn't have that um self-awareness to listen to what was going on for me and all those signals and signs that were there so I think it shows a lot about your natural um instinct and intuition and ability to set boundaries that you did for yourself at a young age and, and to your parents which is a really challenging thing to do at that age so yeah good for you for, for having done that thank you yeah yeah it was it was difficult because you know and I and I I recognize that I am privileged I am very grateful and lucky to have my parents and their support um but when you have that support and you're then saying oh I know like you're really supportive and you're you've given me this amazing life and I'm so grateful but by the way um I don't want to do what you want me to do <laughs> it's really difficult I think the thing with me is it's like the best and worst thing about me in terms of it's the best because I'm happy it's the worst because I get myself into some really silly situations um where other people would just like get their head down and act like everything was fine um, I'm so, so connected with myself and I genuinely just put myself first. That's like the whole ethos of my business because it's my life. Um, and if that means, you know, <laughs> a relationship breaking down or someone like being rejected by my parents who are like my number one caregivers at the time, like I, I would rather, I would rather risk that than risk going to bed at night like not not being not living my truth <laughs> that sounds so cheesy but oh sometimes it you gotta it really is true cheese. yeah <laughs> good I know sometimes you gotta have a little bit of cheese I love it um no I yeah I think it's brilliant um so how, can you think of I know you said you didn't hadn't, hadn't prefaced but are there any other sort of hurdles that you have faced that you've learned from because it's often sometimes the little things like we were talking I think before this the the fear of you know, losing date your uh, recording or something of a podcast anything like that that's happened that you have learned from because I love to encourage people that not to be afraid of things going wrong because there's always lessons to be learned from them yeah so I've got two um that have just come to mind that we've been talking about I've got two really big things so the second thing you know once once I've not gone to uni and I've started my own business um growing a business by yourself at 18 19 um that was like one of the hardest things I've done because I didn't I didn't have any like business training I didn't know anyone in my family who had started a business I literally had my laptop and you know google and youtube to essentially learn what what it was to grow a business what it meant what you had to do like I didn't know anything about taxes I didn't know anything about accounts I didn't know what a profit margin was <laughs> I am and now like looking back 
I'm such a geek about that kind of thing um, and I have such a passion for business itself um, I think a huge less a huge lesson when you're working for yourself and growing a business is you just have to figure it out <laughs> like I think there's such there's such power in just having a go and figuring it out as you go along um and it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that because if you're heading into new territory and you genuinely don't have a clue what you're doing it takes guts to be like okay I have no clue what this is I have no clue how I'm going to do this but can I swear yeah absolutely (laughs) like (laughs) I'm just gonna fucking get on with it anyway you know and, and I'll figure it out I think that's a huge lesson um and I don't I don't know whether I would have the confidence that I do if I hadn't if I wasn't working for myself because you're just thrown into so many new so many new things and so so many new lessons that you're forced to confront because if you don't confront them then you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to move forward and grow your business so everything from like self-confidence to knowledge about you know I'm not good at math so I've had to learn so much about the the back end kind of stuff and the admin stuff of business um even like self-confidence in well when I was starting out as a makeup artist I had to just go into strangers houses and be like hi I'm here to do makeup I've never met you before in my life but here I am and you have to you know be a professional and put that person at ease and as like a young woman I used to be really really shy so just getting stuck in and getting on with it and learning as I went um that was a huge lesson and I think has really made me who I am today um the third one I wanted to talk about which has just come about because you asked me about it is buying our first house I think they don't say it's like amongst death and divorce and all these other traumatic things in the list of like most stressful things you can do. Um, they don't they don't say that lightly. I I used to think like wow that's a bit dramatic to say that moving house is as stressful as getting a divorce or experiencing loss or experiencing like you know loss of a job or redundancy I'd be like those things are awful and life-changing and how could you how could you relate like moving house to that but honestly this has been the hardest thing I've ever had to do and I remember crying to my mom and saying you know everything that I've done to this point in my life like I feel like I've I've challenged myself I've got outside my comfort zone I've achieved X, Y, and Z, and I've worked fucking hard to get there. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do: buying a house. <laughs> I think it's been it's good. It's good. I, it's so nice to hear someone actually talking about those sides of it because certainly when you're getting into you know your later twenties, thirties, that's following that you know line in thinking about buying a house and it's you're always here or you could have it on a pedestal like you said oh it will be amazing everyone's just being dramatic so I love hearing the the truth the, the truth of it I think a big thing for me 
has been um, learning to accept that, learning to acknowledge like stressful situations in my life because like I said I'd had that I have I still have that belief to an extent in my head of like well you know I've not experienced something traumatic so it's almost like I don't deserve to feel stressed about this or I'm lucky to have this like I don't how dare I feel stressed about this how dare I feel anything except complete and utter gratitude for where I am because other people have it worse um but I think if I've learned anything it's that you know it is stressful and I think no matter where you're at in life no matter who you are if you are upheaving your whole life and moving to somewhere else it is really, it is really challenging. And the thing with property, especially in the UK, is there is so much uncertainty, there is so much waiting around. And essentially, like, your life's work, because for most first-time buyers, like, you've been working for years to save and to be able to earn a level of income to even afford a mortgage and all this stuff. Essentially, your you're just in hanging in the balance and your this goal that you have that you've been working towards for years relies on other people and there's such an element of like surrender and patience um that has been involved in it that I have really struggled with yeah, it's good. I think it's in those real life situations, like you said, acknowledging them, things for what they are, the stressful ones, that you learn things like, okay, well, I've got to just surrender into this and be patient. And as you were saying before, in, in the um, when growing your business, it was all about pushing yourself out of comfort zones. And then by doing that, that's how you became the most kind of confident, more courageous person that you are today. We have, that's why it's so important to check in with ourselves. And that's why I love and I encourage something I do encourage with my clients as well about looking where have things gone wrong before and what have I learned from it. So it, it builds that resilience in us to then move forward into the hurdles and the challenges we, we all are going to face because they're all a part of life and part of that balance. And But doing so, feeling um, less fearful and feeling, you know, courageously diving into the the bigger challenges or the bigger um milestones in life so thank you so much for sharing that with us i've just got a couple final kind of quick fire questions for you before we wrap up and the first one that i ask all of my guests is what would be your number one bit of advice um for the listeners put yourself first <laughs> Love it. I mean, brand. yeah, always on brand. But but yeah, truly, truly going back to, you know, I feel like our two conversations have rolled into one. So sorry if I'm repeating myself or repeating something that we spoke about on my podcast, but I just I truly believe that if you are putting yourself first and working towards living your dream life and living your life on purpose everything else is just going to fall into place and no matter how many different responsibilities you have no matter what might come up if you are going to bed at night knowing that 
you're putting yourself first and you're working towards what is ultimately going to make you happy then every every other area of your life is going to fall into place I honestly believe that I love it I absolutely love it. It's a brilliant bit of advice that we could all do with reminding ourselves, as you do so very well, to put ourselves first more often. And my final question is if you could go back to your 15-year-old self, and we've touched upon this, I think, a little bit, but what would be, what would you go back and tell your 15-year-old self if you can tell yourself anything? Um... I think I would say everyone, like, no one gives a shit. (laughs) As in, and what I mean by that is when you're, for a long time, and I'm sure many people can relate, you're so concerned about other people and other people's opinions. What will other people think if I do this? Will they judge me? Will they think I'm an idiot? And the truth the harsh truth of the matter is no one cares no one cares about you because they're already thinking about themselves so I just feel like so many of us have wasted like wasted time in our teenage years and probably you know in our adulthood as well concerned about other people's opinions when that energy and that time could be spent on something much more important yeah, I love, I love that as well. Great advice, in the kindest way possible. Nobody cares. Exactly. Like, I, know, I think I, I wish I had uh, known and it, it accepted that myself as a teenager. We could all have done with that a little bit, and now as well, in fact. <laughs> well thank you so so much Kat it has been so wonderful talking to you and the lucky listeners have a double whammy from each of us so you can I think the week after um, this conversation is going to be aired on the Curiosity Club you can then have a double dose of Kat and I in conversation again over on Kat's podcast put yourself first so thank you so much Kat you're welcome thank you so much for having me and I'm really excited for everyone to hear both of our chats because they're both slightly different and they both like fit together really well I think we've shared some really good tips like across the board lots of synergy and that's what is so great and before we sign off where can people connect with you and find out more about your work so you can find me on my website which is cathorrocks.com and you'll also see at the top of the homepage on there there's a free audio coaching for you to download if you would like that and it's all about overcoming fear and by signing up for that you'll be joining our community which is a community of positive purpose-driven women so I'd love to have you over there and if you would like to connect with me um, and DM me or just have a chat about today then you can also find me on Instagram at cat underscore horrocks. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thanks, Kat. If you found this episode helpful, then be sure to leave a rating and review telling me what resonated with you most. It helps other people find the podcast who would also benefit from hearing the same things. Be sure to come and find me over on Instagram at Katri Barrett and let's connect over there. Until next time. Stay curious.